Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Blessed to be with you once again here this morning at Three Springs uh, via live. Uh, um, I'm happy to be in your home again this morning, this week. Uh, I hope everyone's had breakfast. Um, I'd be curious to know what you've had for breakfast. Anybody have anything good? Um, I would love to hear about it. So, had to make sure our Facebook uh, group is joining us here this morning. And so for those of you who are tuning in again, once again, I just want to welcome everyone here this morning. Blessed to be in your home. Uh, blessed to uh, have the privilege of sharing a cup of coffee with you here this morning. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying breakfast. Hopefully you're kicked back, laid back out on the couch and uh, feet up reclining and just ready to hear what God has to say uh, this morning. So I know that this is once again different, awkward, um, but hey, uh, it's a great way for us to be together even though we can't physically be here in body here at Three Springs. Um, we are definitely together in mind, we are definitely together in heart, definitely together in spirit. And so, uh, you know, in the midst of uh, not being together because of social distancing, uh, we know that uh, the Lord is with each of us. And uh, where two or three are gathered, he's there in the midst. So he's gathered there with you in your home. So uh, I got my coffee, you know, got my coffee here. So I'm enjoying it with you. Not really. I There's nothing in my cup. But uh, so... I got a few announcements for you here this morning at kind of what's happening here at Three Springs uh, as of late. Uh, you know, um, just because we're practicing social distancing and, ju and just because um, we have to put events at the church on pause does not mean that uh, the Holy Spirit goes on pause and that the Holy Spirit isn't working. Um, and so he's definitely working uh, despite uh, things being paused here at Three Springs. Um, but we're looking forward to the future. We're trusting and hoping um, that this uh, situation with the virus comes to a quick end and uh, the church can get back to work uh, just uh, equipping one another and just uh, reaching out into the community. So a couple announcements for you, a couple changes for you. Uh, moving forward and, and just rearranging things because of the social distancing. Um, we moved the fish, the fish sale, the soup sale um, back to April 18th, um, partially because the state uh, moved the fishing date, the stocking date back. So we've moved it to April 18th. So that's in about three weeks. So um, if you signed up to help with that, still want to, um, I encourage you to get in contact with Emily Kaufman and uh, she will get you directed and plugged in where uh, she sees fit. And if you signed up to bring any food or anything, make sure that uh, you have it here the 17th by noon so they can have everything lined up and prepared um, for that sale. Uh, the spring road cleanup, uh, something uh, I did last year um, and I loved it. Great opportunity just to get out in the community, clean it up a little bit, uh, just to be able to present God's um, creation uh, in, in the right way. 
Um, and it's just, uh, it's a neat opportunity to just go out. We pick up trash and it's a great time of fellowship, uh, just walking along the road and, and just seeing what people will throw out their windows. Uh, but uh, we want to keep Perry County looking beautiful. And so uh, I encourage you, if you're interested in that, uh, we've changed the date to April 25th. Um, we will meet here at the church at 7.45 in the morning. Um, and it, we're usually done about before noon, actually. Um, it's only a few hours. Um, and so hopefully this time it'll be a lot warmer than last time. And uh, so I just encourage you, if you're interested, talk to Diane Good. Um, give her a call or shoot her an email. Women's Bible study uh, came to a close. Uh, they finished out this week. Um, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I love being kicked out of my house uh, on Thursdays to see a bunch of women just get together and uh, just fellowship, study God's word together, be equipped and uh, built up. Uh, it's just really wonderful to see that. So ladies, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, women's Bible study will resume in the fall. Um, and right now, Sarah's praying over uh, where to go, uh, trusting the Holy Spirit's leading. So if you have any suggestions, any recommendations, uh, just something maybe you're interested in as a, as a body of believers, ladies in particular, that you want to study, um, just uh, get in contact with Sarah and toss your suggestions to her, and she'll pray over them and uh, come fall have a Bible study ready for you ladies. So... And then another thing is, uh, you know, uh, everybody's kicked back. You're sitting maybe in your favorite chair, maybe on the couch. You got your legs up on your brother, your sister, mom, dad, or, or whoever. And uh, you got your coffee in hand, your Bible in the other. Uh, you know, if you want and you feel led to, uh, send me, a, send me a, a picture of how you're enjoying um, this morning's service or even last week's. And if you want, uh, share that. I'll put that on the church Facebook page. And everybody can see how you do Sunday service at home with coffee in hand and Bible in the other. So I encourage you to send me some pics if you like. Um, I've seen other churches do this, and uh, it's pretty funny and uh, pretty interesting to see how people uh, just uh, sit down together as a family and just um, study God's Word. And last but not least, uh, cannot forget those birthdays and anniversaries um, this week. Coming up, Bob Good is the 30th, Ryan Zarance is the 31st, and then jumping into April, uh, April 1st is Garrick Zarance and Marvin Nace, and then Reagan Zarance and Travis Dillman are the second, and then Garrett Neff is the fourth, and then celebrating their anniversary on the fourth is Cody and Sandy Wallace. So with much request being given to me, with further ado, as we would any other Sunday morning, let's sing happy birthday to them. And that's as far as I'm going to go. So I'm not going to sing a song, but I will sing happy birthday with you. So let's sing together. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. You're welcome for all of you who requested that. That's a once in a lifetime. Give. So, with much further ado, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's dive into his word this morning. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, we just uh, thank you so much for just bringing us together through 
social media, Lord, just through the internet. And uh, Lord, we just thank you that your word is not limited. Lord, that your word finds a way. Lord, you make a way, sovereignly making a way for your word to be spread out across the land, to be spread out across the planet this morning. And Lord, we know so many in our country this morning are are gathering around their TVs, their computers, their telephones, whatever it may be, to tune in to the exposition of your word. And so, Lord, I just ask and pray that all those who are tuned in this morning, I just ask and pray that your Holy Spirit would just be present in their home. Lord, as we study your word here, I just ask and pray that your Holy Spirit would just move about our hearts and our minds this morning, that you would just equip us, you would just encourage us. You would challenge us, Lord. You direct us. And uh, Father, all for, all for your honor and glory, Lord. Make us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, that we just might go out into the communities around us, Lord, that we just might get on our social media accounts, Lord, and present the gospel message of Jesus Christ in just a powerful and effective way. So we love you, Lord. We praise you for this time. May you be glorified, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I have four children, as uh, so many of you know, and those of you who don't know me, I have four children, two boys, two girls, ranging from the ages of uh, four to 12. My daughters are at the ends, the beginning and the end, and my two sons are in the middle. And uh, so often, uh, as some of you and so many of you know who have kids or even grandkids, um, kids like to copy. Kids like to mimic things. And uh, I know sometimes my kids will copy what each other says, uh, trying to be funny. And, uh, you know, they'll say things or we'll say things and we'll be like, don't do that. And one of my kids will be like, don't do that. No, really, I mean it. No, really, I mean it. And, you know, we'll go back and forth, uh, you know, them and, and, you know, we we're like, stop, stop copying me. And uh, my wife, Sarah, um, she has a hard time keeping a straight face during those times. Like she laughs and, and she'll tell you to stop. And to my kids, it kind of eggs them on. And so for me, I eventually get to a point where if they're still copying me, um, I twist, I twist it a little bit. And I say, I'll say something like, um, I'm a loser. And so they repeat it, and then I laugh at them, and then they're like, oh, that's not fair, and then they stop. Um, whereas my oldest daughter, Elizabeth, she might catch that and stop and be like, oh, I'm not saying that. And then it'll be back on me like I'm a loser, and then she'll laugh. Um, and so we've all, and, and we see kids copy one another and whatnot. And so um, this morning, um, you know, we're going to look at this idea of mimicking, this idea of, in a sense, not, not necessarily copying. It's, some say copying is a form of flattery. Um, but in this sense, we're, we're going to be looking at something when it comes to God and when it comes to his word and, and what it says concerning his word and particularly him and when he speaks to us. So we're going to be getting back into our Gifted People series, and we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit. So if you have your Bible, your tablet, your phone, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for a little bit, and then we're going to jump over a couple chapters and read more in Corinthians chapter 14. So Paul is writing to the church in Corinth in chapter 12, and, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 11. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, Paul writes, 
He says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So jump back to verse 10 in particular, and this morning we're going to be looking at the gift to another prophecy. We're going to be looking at this gift prophecy. Um, so we see the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts as he sees fit. And so what is prophecy? Prophecy comes from the Greek word prophetia, pro meaning on behalf of, and femi meaning to speak. So in other words, we are to speak on behalf of someone. And, and in particular, when it comes to prophecy, we're speaking on behalf of God. The definition of prophecy is to speak on behalf of God, whether that is relaying his word, his will, or his future plans to a particular person or group of people. Let me read that again. Prophecy is to speak on behalf of God, whether that is relaying his word, his will, or his future plans to a particular person or group of people. And the wonderful thing about, you know, being a follower of Jesus Christ and being given his word, the Bible here, um, we have so many examples in scripture concerning those who spoke prophetically, those God spoke directly to, who relayed, who spoke on behalf of him. Uh, Isaiah comes to mind instantly. Um, his, his whole book is concerning Israel and their future. Jeremiah, uh, many refer to as the weeping prophet. Um, Daniel, we're going through Daniel Wednesday evenings. Uh, we're in chapter 11 and Daniel is speaking this prophecy. This prophecy is being given to him concerning future events in Daniel's time, but even more so future events concerning you and me, our time coming ahead concerning the tribulation period and the antichrist and then my favorite my favorite book in scripture uh, we have john who's uh, banished to the island of patmos and god gives him this revelation and uh, we get the book of revelation and, and specifically that book is speaking to uh, a prophetic time a period a future event concerning you and I, concerning our futures, and concerning the world in general, and, and God's chosen people, and what's yet to come. So we see all of this uh, uh, in Scripture, prophetically. But, um, you know, I was thinking about this idea of speaking on behalf of, and speaking, speaking on behalf of God. And uh, the closest I can come to that in speaking on behalf of someone outside of teaching here this morning is, is in a court. Have you ever been summoned to court? Have you ever been called to court as a witness and you were speaking on behalf of a particular party? Um, my first experience of that was in college at Tacoa Falls College down in Georgia. Um, I was uh, called, a situation happened where he was at one time my roommate, uh, Daryl, 
and uh, he ended up breaking up with his girlfriend and uh, and his girlfriend and him got back together well Daryl was acting shady and different and uh, his girlfriend Leah was very suspicious that maybe Daryl was seeing someone else on the side and so Leah came to me uh, all of us being very close and uh, she said, Brad, she's like, I really think Daryl's like, something's going on with Daryl. He's seeing someone else. Like, he's not coming to our lunch or dinner in the cafeteria. Like, he's kind of distancing himself, um, you know, and only, only draws or calls me up or wants to be with me when he wants physical attention. And so I said, well, where do you think he's at right now? And she's like, well, I know a spot we used to go to um, down the road about two miles and... Uh, and I said, all right, well, let's go see if he's there with someone else. So we pulled up, and sure enough, Daryl was there um, in a car with another girl. And uh, he got out of the car, and, of course, Leah, being upset, got out of the car. And um, they started exchanging words. Well, next thing I knew, um, he grabbed her and slammed her against the car. And this whole physical altercation broke out. And I jumped out of the car and uh, was physically fighting with Daryl, Leah, and the girl Daryl was with, she got out of the car too. So the four of us are kind of intermixing. And, uh, and so eventually it escalates to a point where um, Daryl pulls a knife. And so Daryl and I are wrestling back and forth with this knife. And uh, I ended up getting the knife away from Daryl, threw it over into this huge brush of woods. And, and on the other side of that was this stream, like this, this creek. Um, and uh, his, his girl that he was with ran over to try to find it and get it back while um, Daryl and I were still going back and forth. Leah got in the car at this point. And uh, so me, um, kind of shoved Daryl, he went to the ground, and I went over to try and get the knife, keep the girl from the knife, and uh, Daryl came around to the other side of the car, grabbed Leah to get her out, and uh, long story short, um, ended up pushing Daryl off, we got in the car, we took off, and I had to appear in court. Um, I had to speak on behalf of Leah, and that situation that happened, um, and you and I are called to speak on behalf of God, in a, in a similar sense, and not in the sense of you and I giving our own view of things, our own uh, interpretation, our own perception, but you and I um, concerning prophecy are to speak exactly what God's Word says, exactly as the prophets did in Scripture, what God told them to say, um, not twisting it in any such way or whatnot. And so Paul would go on in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Jump over there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, Paul talk a little bit more about this gift of prophecy. And so he says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he, he who prophesies, speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. And so we see here with the gift of prophecy, um, with this gift that God, that the Holy Spirit distributes in speaking on behalf of the Lord, 
Um, it does three things, and it's particularly for the body of Christ. Um, and the first one, as we see in, in honing in on verse 3, it speaks edification. Prophecy brings edification. It edifies us as believers. And what does edify mean? It means to build up, to strengthen our relationship in God. So strengthening things, building up. Um, this past week, uh, Sarah and I we put the kids to bed. We usually put them in bed at around 8 o'clock, and we went to get in bed later on. And uh, we laid down in bed, and oftentimes we just talk for a little while before we go to bed. And we were talking, and all of a sudden we heard this snap. And our bed in the middle has these crossbars underneath. There's three of them, and the one in the middle snapped right in the middle of the bed. And so the bed went into this V-shape, and Sarah and I are kind of sliding in, and we just like stopped, and we're like, oh, what should we do? Do we even move or whatever? And we're like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. So we laid there for another minute, and then it started snapping more. And so we kind of were like, all right, do we get off or do we stay on it? And so we kind of rolled over to the edges and slept on the edge of the bed. And so sometimes, and just like the bed analogy, um, it needs strengthened. Uh, I had to go and I bought um, some new wood, some new legs underneath to uh, strengthen it to make it so it wasn't broken anymore. And I actually had to take out some of the cross pieces, especially the one that snapped, in order to make it strong and sturdy. I had to strengthen it so that we can lay on it without being afraid, without worrying about collapsing and falling down to the floor while we're sleeping. And so sometimes, spiritually, you and I, in order to be edified, in order to be strengthened, uh, we might need to get rid of some things in our lives. We might have to some things that are very fragile. And the wood in the middle, those cross beams in our bed were very thin, pine. Um, so they, of course they were going to break with weight on there. And so sometimes we need to replace things in our lives that might be taking our attention away from God, that might be drawing our attention away from God's word or through prayer, taking our time away from prayer and whatnot. Um, things that are very fragile, things that aren't solid, things that really aren't strengthening us. They're just kind of holding very, very lightly, um, and the slightest little pressure or push on it collapses. Um, you know, and I, and I think of today, what's going on now, you know, so many people, uh, you know, have been banking on, and quite possibly their job, maybe their paycheck, um, and, and this whole, some states being mandatory, they, they have to stay in home, um, shelter in place, uh, those especially in our state, even in our congregation uh, who have a business and who have been told, hey, it's not essential, you need to close it down. Well, well, an income is essential to everyone. And so uh, for so many out in the world, so many who don't know Christ, um, and maybe even some in the church abroad, our country and our world, um, have been banking on things that aren't strong like God, like God's word and the truth of it and the promises of it. And so for us, you know, we need to be strengthened by it. Listen to what Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, a verse that we've memorized here at Three Springs. And it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, it's beneficial, it's good for us, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now listen to this. This is the part. For the man of God may be complete, complete, 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, you're not lacking. You're strengthened. You're strong. You're equipped. And so prophecy equips us. It strengthens us, our relationship with Christ. Secondly, it, it, it exhorts us. It exhorts us. What's that mean? To be exhorted, it means to be moved to respond, to take action upon what's heard. Oftentimes, we sit, and like this morning, you may be listening, and, and there's going to be no response. Maybe there's no response. Maybe out in the world, those who are joining their churches this morning are just going through the motions listening, and that's not what God's word is to be. It's just something that's retained and sat upon. It, it, it's to move us to respond. It's to exhort us. James 1.22, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. You see, we, we need to be called into action. And so when we're receiving, we're being edified in prophecy, it moves us to action. It, it, there should be a response to it. Much like for me, if I didn't respond to the bed cracking, I didn't fix it, we would have gotten it again the very next day and it would have cracked more and just broken. It would have broke. Um, same thing. I could get, like I did, went and got the lumber, cut the, the legs to the right specs and the, the cross beams and whatnot. But if I didn't go into action and put them on the bed, what good is it? What good is it? It's not. And so much like prophecy, much like you're receiving now God's word, it's being proclaimed to you, spoken on behalf of him. We need to respond to it. We need to take action to it in our lives. And why so? Well, number three, it comforts. It comforts. Prophecy comforts. What is comfort? It, it eases and sets us free from the pain of grief or distress. You ever been grieved? Have you ever been distressed? You ever been worried? Last week, we, we looked at what God's word said about being anxious and worrisome and fearful and how we're to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. Well, you see, when God comforts us, when, when prophecy, when we're speaking and, and God's word is spoken on behalf of him, it's spoken to you and I. You and I are exhorted. We're strengthened by it. We're edified by it. We're called into action by it. And, and that call to action might be ministering to one another, comforting one another. Listen to what Paul said, again, writing in his second letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You see, God is not a God who looks at our circumstances, looks at our nation right now and says, you know what, <laughs> get over it, guys. You'll be all right. You know, man up, if you will. No, God is a God who comforts us. God is a God who's, who's given us his word and promises of his word that, that we can endure, that he will see us through, that he strengthens us through this, that we're to count it all joy through these circumstances, that he provides our every need, not our wants, but our needs. And that if he cares for the birds and what they're going to eat or where they're going to stay, how much more so does he care for you and me? We have such comfort in the promises of God's word. Are you taking comfort in his word? 
Are you comforting in turn? Are, are you going and exhorting those in your life, whether it's on social media, your social media accounts because of social distancing, or even picking up a telephone and just saying, hey guys, you know what? Calling somebody and saying, hey, you know what I was reading this morning and this verse the Lord gave to me and it was a real comfort to me. Hey, I want to share it with you. You might be experiencing the same thing. You see, that's what we're called to do, that action, to comfort. And so prophecy, it comforts us. But we need to be careful. Um, you know, prophecy isn't just something that's just flippantly spoken. Um, it's not something that's left to my own interpretation, that's left to my own thinking. Um, it, very much so, especially because we're speaking on behalf of God. Um, we need to be careful what's being said and what we're taking to be truth as prophecy. Um, whether that's concerning God's word or whether that's concerning future events, um, I caution you, and Scripture cautions us too. Listen to what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. It says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not to my own interpretation. But notice these men, these, this, this word that we have, um, and these men, that these holy men, as Scripture describes them, that we look back on and, and draw our promises from, um, the inspired word of God through these men, um, they only spoke when the Holy Spirit spoke. And uh, it wasn't to their own, hey, this is what I think. No, 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 no. It's what... The Holy Spirit thinks it's what God is saying. You know, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 2, David, you know, it says, David only spoke on his tongue what the Spirit first spoke. David, he only spoke when the Spirit spoke, and his tongue was full of what the Spirit had to say, not what he had to say. Acts chapter 1, verse 16, Peter acknowledges, look, that the Spirit spoke first, and then David spoke it. It wasn't a private interpretation. It wasn't on a whim. It wasn't, you know, uh, his own thing. Um, I call it, uh, the way I call it is a prophetic guilt trip. Um, sometimes, and maybe you've experienced it in your life, uh, someone's come up to you and said, you know what, I, I really feel like God's telling me to tell you you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, if you ever hear someone say, thus saith the Lord, um, careful, be cautious, uh, because most of the time it's not coming from the Lord and it's coming from a place of private interpretation. It's coming from a place of a person's own personal convictions that they have for themselves and, and trying to f almost force you into believing and seeing the way they want you to see, not the way the Spirit wants you to see it. Um, and so often when, when people do that or I hear that, you know, I, I believe the Lord's telling you you should do this. Or maybe you should stop doing that at the church or whatever. Um, you know, oftentimes I wonder and I pray, okay, Lord, how come you haven't spoken this to me first? You know, oftentimes the Lord will speak to us first, directly to us in that case. But then we're encouraged uh, to do something else. Um, not just to leave it to ourselves, to question whether what that person's saying is, is true or not, 
But Paul would write in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, he says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So in other words, when we're hearing prophecy, when we're hearing God's word from someone, when we're hearing something prophetically or, or someone comes out and says, you know what, I'm prophesying the coronavirus is going to end on such and such a date or whatever, um, we need to examine it according to God's word, what God's word says, according in proportion to our faith. Does it line up with scripture? Does it really line up with scripture? We need to examine those kind of things because oftentimes people, and we're seeing in a lot of churches um, and a lot of in various denominations who are taking scripture and twisting it and interpreting it to their own liking, um, not to what it is originally meant to say and mean. And so we need to look at it closely. We need to examine it thoroughly. Um, listen to these prophetic words of John. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, um, John writing, um, and, and it's a great passage of Scripture um, for you and I in the day and age that um, we are living in right now and concerning this speaking. Um, so listen to what John has to say. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And that idea of a false prophet is someone who's speaking against the truth, someone who's, quote-unquote, prophesying, speaking on behalf of God, but really it's contradicting to what Scripture says. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not God. And this is the spirit, listen closely, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. But we are of God, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so John's telling us, look, hey, listen, guys, um, there's this spirit of error, this, this idea, this, this spirit of Antichrist. Um, and, it's, and as John said in his writing, and we see it today, um, and that's what he's meaning, that look, there's this spirit of Antichrist, this Antichrist. This belittling of who Jesus is and what he did. And even coming, going as far as to say, look, um, Jesus was just this man. You know, he came. He wasn't even really of God. Or um, he wasn't the atonement for our sins. Um, you know, it's that spirit of the Antichrist. And so we need to be mindful. We need to test it. We need to examine it according to Scripture. Whenever someone is prophesying, whenever someone is saying that. And so therefore... Um, as we go throughout this week, um, I just want to encourage you to uh, just be edified in God's word. Be strengthened. Uh, Samuel and Samuel, you know, in the life of David, various times it said David strengthened himself in the Lord. David got in God's word. And if you need strength right now, you're just discouraged. You're feeling weak with what's going on in our, in our nation and this virus. Strengthen yourself in God's word. Strengthen 
edify yourself with God's word, and then exhort. Move to action. Don't just uh, sit on God's word. Just don't let those promises resonate with you. You know, it's, it's great to meditate on them, as the psalmist said. Uh, on the law of the Lord, I will meditate day and night, but it needs to go further than that. It needs to cause, it needs to call for a response, an action. And so I just encourage you guys, I exhort you to, to do something with God's word this week. Do something with all this extra time that you have and maybe that extra time you've had praying or extra time you've had reading. I encourage you to respond to it and 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 then so comfort one another. You know, comfort one another. If somebody's, you know, on your heart or mind, call them up. Pray with them over the phone. Shoot them an email, see how they're doing. Uh, Getting, you know, FaceTime, whatever your social interaction is on social media um, during this time, use it. Use it for God's honor and glory. Comfort one another during this time because it is most certainly a time of distress, of worry, of anxiousness, of, of questioning when is this going to end. And, and really it, it ends when God says it ends. And I'm, and I'm okay with that um, because he is sovereign and his timing is perfect for everything. And so be comforted with the promises of God's word this week. Rest in them knowing that we serve and we believe in a risen Savior who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth and then sits at the right hand of the Father. And he is working all of this out for his wonderful, perfect plan. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you uh, once again for the time in your word. And we just ask, Lord, I just ask that this week in particular, Lord, as, as we're given so much possible downtime, Lord, uh, so much um, opportunity to do things, Lord, I pray that, Lord, as, as the temptation might be to do all these lists and things that we've put aside and, and been waiting to get done, Lord, but Lord, I just pray that we would balance it out. Lord, that we would specifically dedicate time to you, that we would be exhorted and edified and comforted through your word. Lord, that uh, this week we might just be able to have an impact on those that we're social distancing ourselves from, those who might need to be uh, comforted, those who might need to be edified and exhorted. Lord, just use this this week, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good week.